0: Okay, if you have a Bible, you might like to turn to Proverbs chapter 8, because we're going to get there in a little bit. Proverbs chapter 8. If you're visiting today, then you might not be aware we're in a series which I've called, Where Do We Go From Here? Which I think is a little bit about guidance. It's a little bit about how we make choices and how we decide which way we're going to go. And um, uh, we watched um, Inferno last night i thought it was going to be all about a big fire turns out it's not about a fire at all this is more like dante's inferno tom hanks is in it if you watch the film and i'm not giving any spoilers away there's a fantastic line in it where tom hanks says to the other lady he says lots of interesting things happen in doorways i'm thinking ka-ching <laughs> i nearly worked out if i could get it up on the screen but it's still out in the cinema as well, i'll get in trouble Lots of interesting things happen in doorways. And we're talking about open doors. The Things that happen when you walk through a doorway. And I hope this series is proven helpful. I hope it's opened your mind to a different way to think about how we make the choices that we do. I hope it's helped you in your understanding of God and how he interacts with us in the many choices that we make I hope this series is cultivating in you a confidence as you go ahead in your everyday life, a confidence as you make your choices and take responsibility for them so that God will meet you along the way. I hope this series has opened up a new way of thinking about how the choices we make can mean we are partnering with God. And I hope this series has helped us to recognise the possibility of being a blessing to others as we walk through a door. And I hope that if you're not present here on a Sunday, which I'd really encourage you to do, that you're taking the opportunity to go onto the internet with this fancy new website that we've got, go check out the children's page and the Football Fun Club, which is new, and if we can have it on the, uh, the young people's one as well, Colin, if we can, that'd be great because there's some fantastic pictures of Monday nights and all the young people that turn up. I'm not in any of the pictures because apparently I was too quick for the camera. (laughs) That's what Colin told me when I fed him the lime. (laughs) But you can listen to this teaching online. So if you miss it, don't miss it. I know I'm a teacher by heart, right? But if you miss stuff, you miss stuff. It's not rocket science, but if you miss it, you miss it. And we're trying to learn together, and it all goes together. So I would hope you take that opportunity. I hope this series has caused you to become excited about the truth that when you step through an open door, your story gets mixed up with the story of Jesus. I love that thought. That when you step through an open door, your story gets mixed up with the story of Jesus. Let me tell you for a moment how I've seen this work out in my life In the past few days and weeks, I've told you before about a young man I've met whose name is Dev. Dev and I met when when I started to help at the Crawley Food Collective, which is a food bank for charities and organisations in Crawley. Dev is the the volunteer who helps at the Food Collective every Wednesday morning, and in fact we'll be meeting tomorrow because we've got to go and collect some food. I first met Dev in April, and we've got to know each other in the months that have followed. Incidentally, looking back on it, I think getting involved in the food collective in the first place was an open door which I chose to walk through. It's a door of possibility and the opportunity to be a blessing to others because you're getting food in and you're giving it away to people who need it. And over the past few months, I've got to learn that Dev is an atheist. I think mean, that's great. The vicar and the atheist working together on the Rawley Food Collective. What could be better than that? I'm not sure why he's come to describe himself as an atheist, but that's how he describes himself. We've had a number of conversations, some about faith, but lots about life as we've worked together. Dev has a degree in philosophy. Dev spends a lot of time alone in his flat. Dev wants to work, but he's finding it really hard to get a job. Dev has had some really challenging things happen in his life. Dev came round for a barbecue in the summer. We invited him round. And halfway through the afternoon, he told, told us that he told his dad he was going to the vicar's house for a barbecue and thought that at some point in the afternoon, I would probably get my guitar out and we'd all have to sing. <laughs> Dev calls me Boss. It'd be nice if you did that sometimes. <laughs> I bought Dev some tea when I went to Malawi. Dev bought me back some spicy nibbles when he just went to India. The other day, Dev sent me a text that got my attention. It began, In view of your past, (gasps) what on earth have I told him? (laughs) Dev asked me if I'd be his running partner. Dev feels he needs some exercise, so he asked me if I'll go running with him, because he knows, because I've told him that I used to be a PE teacher. Dev texted me last week to say that he'd smoked his last cigarette in preparation for going running. Somehow, I have to work out how I walk through an open door and go running with Dev. Actually, we went for the first time on Thursday mostly walking. But we called it running. Dev, quite simply, is asking for help. And quite simply, I think I might be the only person he knows to ask. Last week, Dev sent me a text that nearly made me cry. So that you'll understand why. On a Wednesday morning, Bill, from Christians Against Poverty... And Steve, from the St Vincent de Paul charity, which is an international Catholic charity, come to the food store to collect food. Both charities then distribute that food to their clients during the week, and St Vincent de Paul are are feeding 40 families a week in Crawley. That's outside Easter team, open house, all the rest of it. 40 families a week. Both Bill and Steve are Christians... And that's why they do what they do. And when they come each week, we chat together, we laugh together, we talk seriously about poverty and Crawley together. Bill has tried in vain to fix our hydraulic trolley. Every week he comes with another idea, but so far we haven't made it work. A paraphrase of Dev's text to me would be something like this. Ian, as I've watched you, Bill and Steve on Wednesday mornings, I've come to realise there's a kind of Christianity that I could follow. That is the nature of the bond you have fostered. That nearly blew me away. Then he added this. But I cannot simply because I am irreversibly atheistic in my thinking and nature. I'm, I'm dreaming of Dev in the baptism pool. <laughs> Running with Dev just could be an open door where my story and his story get mixed up with the story of Jesus. That's what I'm hoping. <clears throat> and I hope, friends, that this simple story encourages you to see that open doors are everywhere. And when we choose yes, who knows? But in choosing yes, we choose God as our partner in the story that unfolds. But. But if open doors are everywhere, and they are, we can't choose to walk through every open door. So how do we know which door to choose and which door to say yes to? (coughs) Revelation 3.8 says this, Behold, I have placed before you an open door that no one could shut, but how do I know which door that is? What if I go through the wrong door? Go back, listen to the sermon in the first one. We addressed that. So we noted at the beginning of this series that God has some frustrating characteristics. I know some of you will be unhappy that I say that, but I think that is true. True. One of his frustrating characteristics is that he doesn't always, and I would say mostly, tell us which door to choose. And there's a very important reason for that. It is because God wants us to become excellent choosers, and that can't happen unless we do the choosing. What God most wants for you and me is that we become magnificent people in the image of Jesus. And by giving us the freedom to choose, God graciously gives us the opportunity to be grow and to become magnificent people in the image of Jesus. But we must do the choosing. And we can become excellent choosers. Now you will not find any text in the Bible which tell you which choice to make. There's no chapter or text that says five ways to discern God's job for you. I expect you've noticed that. But here's what we do find. James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, who gives generously and ungrudgingly, I like that word, ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. Philippians 1 verses 9 and 10. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. If I'm facing a choice and want to know what God's will is, I don't start by asking which choice God's will is for my life. I start by asking for wisdom. The Bible's word for people who are good choosers and choose doors well is wise. Good choosers and who choose doors well, you are wise. This is not the same as having a high IQ or being educated or having the right qualifications. Wisdom is that in the Bible is the ability to make good decisions, it is the art of living well. So, how are you doing, friends? The book of Proverbs is a book all about wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8. I'm going to read the first 13 verses. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud, To you, O people, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple gain prudence, You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just, none of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. John Altberg, in his book, which I've based this series on, writes this. The biggest difference between people who flourish in life and those who don't is not money, health, talent, connections or looks. It's wisdom. The ability to make good decisions. The biggest difference between people who flourish in life and those who don't is not money, health, talent, connections or looks. It's wisdom. The ability to make Good decisions. Israel, the nation of Israel, loved wisdom. And when they act wisely, they flourish. Lady wisdom, in Proverbs, is a poetic expression for the wisdom of God. And the point is simply this. Where wisdom is, there somehow God is. Where wisdom is, there somehow God is. So very briefly this morning, some ways God's wisdom can lead us to and help us through the open doors we encounter. And I realized as I was writing this up, I am racing through this. So you might want to get the notes off the internet, or go and listen again, or buy the book Because there's bucket loads more in the book. Wisdom says, stop waiting for a passion with your name on it. Sometimes we think that when we discover the passion with our name on it, life will be an endless road of highly motivated activity, which is effortless and always completely fulfilling. Well, no one's life is like that, is it? No one's life is an endless road of highly motivated activity which is effortless and always completely fulfilling. Is it? Is your life like that? Mine's full of a lot of hard graft and angst and I can't do this. Every week, every Sunday I wake up thinking, not again. Why have I got to go through this again? And then some really good things happen. (laughs) If you think choosing the right door will lead to that kind of life, you are, in biblical terms, a fool. But we do, don't we? Maybe, maybe as we get older, we get a bit more wise, actually. But we start off thinking, there's something with my name on it, and when I find it, boom, it's all going to be great. And that's what I've got to find. Wisdom sees it differently. Don't wait for a passion to lead you somewhere you're not. Start by bringing your passion to the place where you are. Oh, man, that could be transformative, couldn't it? Don't wait for passion to lead you to somewhere you are not, but start by bringing passion to the place where you are. Going all the way back to stuff we've talked about before, if you do the passion thing wrong, you're living the if-only life, aren't you? If only this, if only that, then this. And we spend our whole life living like that and we never bring the passion to where we are. Open doors are everywhere. Remember, there's a door in every circumstance. Wisdom says, practice on small doors. Galatians 6.10 says this, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all. Running with Dev is an everyday open door. It's a yes to a request for company. So Thursday afternoon at quarter past four, I went and picked Dev up. I'm in a t-shirt, a sporty shirt with a sporty jacket on that's quite light. I've got my shorts on, I've got my socks on, I've got my running shoes, I've got my tracksuit, which I'm going to take off when we get out of the car. We go up to the worthway. Dev comes out of the house, in his tracksuit bottoms, his trainers, and his Parker coat great big hood with fur on it i'm thinking this is going to go well (laughs) so we drive off to the worthway we start jogging i want trousers off right i'm running in shorts it's quite cold on thursday afternoon but i think don't worry i'll warm up jog 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 20 (gasps) paces. need a rest okay let's walk we're going to keep going so we walk and jog we walk and jog and if you know the worthway we went to the second junction second road most of which we walked and we came back part way back it started to rain So Dev puts his hood up. So I'm running in my shorts with a bloke who's got his tracksuit on, his Parker coat, his hood up and his furry thing. Now I'm thinking, what am I doing? (laughs) Till the journey home when he nearly made me cry again. Because Dev says to me, Ian, he said, by now, today, normally I'd have smoked 20 roll-ups. I said, when did you give up, Dev? He goes, last week when I knew we were going running. He said, I used to smoke cigarettes. That used to cost me 40 quid a week. He says, now, I I said, how much does your roll-ups cost you then? He said, well, that's about 20 pound a month. I said, well, that's good then. That's a good reason for doing it. He says, yeah. He said, I'm sorry I'm not very good company, but I really enjoyed that. I was freezing by the time we got back to the car. <laughs> You know you have those moments, don't you, when you can be gracious or not. He goes to me, and you're not even out of breath, and I would say, "That's because I'm not running, Dev." (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) I just said, "Just keep going, Dev. We we didn't stop. We we ran or we walked all the way. That's the most important thing." It's an open door. It's a yes that is going to get me into trouble. Because it's taking on another thing, and I'm already stressing about how I'm going to fit it in. So, Dev says to me as we're walking back, he says, Ian, yeah, I'm thinking twice a week. I'm gonna, oh. I said, OK, Dev, we'll just take it week by week and we'll work it out. Yeah, that's fine. So, I've got to find time now, twice a week maybe, to spend an hour and a half running with Dev. Do you know what I'm going to hold in my <laughs> baptism? That's what I'm thinking. Irreversibly atheistic in my thinking and my nature. No, you're not. Because when your story gets mixed up with the story of Jesus, that could be different, couldn't it? But better practice and learn on small doors so that when the big doors come, I'm ready. That's the point of that story, just in case you've missed it. (laughs) (laughs) Wisdom says allow time and energy for big door decisions. The the choices we make can be overwhelming or the choices we face can be overwhelming. Overwhelming. And finding God in them can be very difficult. Wise people simplify their lives so they have energy for the decisions that matter. 1 Kings 19, Jezebel vows to kill Elijah. You're very familiar with that story. And so Elijah runs away because he's scared. And uh, God grants him food and rest, 40 days of it in fact. And then God meets him, you know that lovely passage, in a still small voice. I'm not in the fire, I'm not in the earthquake, I'm in a still small voice. And after that... Elijah is ready to make his decision. Wisdom says, make big door decisions when you are ready and in the right frame of mind. Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I make excellent decisions when I have that peace and when God is with me. Wisdom asks you, what moves your heart? Moses couldn't stand the treatment of the Israelites by the Egyptians, so God says, Moses, you go to Pharaoh. David couldn't stand the taunts of Goliath, so God says, okay, you go fight him. Nehemiah couldn't stand that the city walls were in in rubble. And God says, all right, you go rebuild them. What is breaking your heart? Wisdom says what moves your heart may help you decide which door. What moves your heart may help you decide which door. Wisdom says ask wise people. Ask wise people to help you make decisions. Proverbs 12.5, the way of the fool seems right to them, because they're fools. And there's a fool in me, and there's a fool in you. Proverbs 12.5, the way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Here's a question that you might have been thinking about that might have been going through your mind. So, does God ever have guidance for a particular decision? Of course he does. Another question. Does he have guidance for every decision you have to make? Of course he doesn't. When I wanted to be a minister, I went through a whole process and had lots of people, some of you, help me figure it out. And that's one of the things that holds me in it. I wanted God's guidance and I think I got it in lots of different ways. But I haven't done that when I think I should go running with Dev. (coughs) I've just thought it's an open door and I'm going to go through. Wisdom says, test, experiment and learn that failure is not the end. Do you know, I have no idea what was going to happen when I became the minister in a Baptist church and I'm not sure I've ever told you this, but for a long time, I thought I might be remembered as the minister under whom the redevelopment project failed. Do you remember that? I used to walk home at night thinking, oh my goodness, why did I say I'd do this? There's no guarantee of success when you go through a door. But I got that one very badly wrong, didn't I? Thank God. Wisdom says, you won't get every decision right, but the most important thing, what God most desires, is that you keep growing. You keep growing through triumph and failure to become the most magnificent person you can be in his image. Wisdom makes makes for a better life. It makes for a better character. It makes for better friends, better financial management, better workers, better citizens, better communities, better nations. But... Wise people still get cancer. Wise people still get betrayed. And wise people still die. The writers of the New Testament recognize that wisdom leads to a better life. But they also recognize something about wisdom that is much, much, much better than that. You know these words well and we'll read them at Christmas. John's Gospel opens with these words. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was with God. And a bit later in that chapter it says, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John is using Old Testament wisdom language here and he's saying that wisdom lived in the highest place and came to live in the lowest place. All the wisdom of the Old Testament is found fully and completely in the flesh of the man Jesus Christ. And in his wisdom, he who was wisdom, chose the door of sacrificial love and resurrection power. Jesus himself said, I am the door and the person who enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Friends, the ultimate door is a person. Perhaps this is the door less chosen, but wisdom says, take up your cross Die to yourself, and then, if you die, you will live. Wisdom, with a capital W, lived. Wisdom, with a capital W, chose to leave. Wisdom suffered and died on a cross, and wisdom was raised to life again. Friends, wisdom is far, far more than common sense and practical advice. It's far better than navigating life safely and living well. And wisdom is alive today and can walk with me through every door I face. Wisdom, friends, bets it all on love. So which door? Amen.